Hello, and welcome to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest stories in the beauty industry each week. I'm Annie Kriegbaum, and my co-host for today's episode is someone I'm really excited for all of our readers to meet, and I have been waiting so, so, so long to have on as a guest. She is the co-founder of our new company called Soft Services, which is skincare, targeted skincare. This is supposed to be my company and I'm screwing up our <laughs> own like pitch line. <laughs> targeted skincare for the body. Hi guys. I'm a longtime reader of Eyewitness Beauty, first time guest, co-host. Are you interviewing me today? Uh, talk? Let's see how it goes. <laughs> just to set the stage here, we launched Soft Services on Tuesday and as a lot of the readers know, we've been building this up and talking about it and teasing it. Nick's been constantly asking me about this probably since we started doing the podcast. And I've just been kind of heads down behind the scenes. This has very much been my day job, my night job and like my weekend job <laughs> for the past two years. And Rebecca has been there every step of the way. And look, even if it wasn't me launching this brand, we would probably be talking about it on this podcast because... I think it was a good launch. I think the products products are like really interesting. I would hope so. And we wanted to do this special episode so we could just get right into it. Talk about all the details, why we're doing this, who, what, where, when, and just let all the readers know what I've been up to. So let's get the music going and we will jump right into the interview. Okay, so Rebecca, let's go back in time. 2014, what was it, like February, March? I think I met you in, I want to say joined Glossier in May. Glossier launched in October, so yeah, it was a few months before launch. I was starstruck coming to the office because I was also a longtime reader of Into the Gloss and had read all the writer's writing and loved Annie's writing. So I was like, Annie, hi, I love your writing. We're going to be working together. And I was like, I looked like a garbage human no. because I was so tired and malnourished. Not malnourished because I wasn't eating, but malnourished because I was eating too much seamless and stuff like that. But And Rebecca comes in and she's glowing. Her teeth are perfect. <laughs> Her hair was perfectly straight and like glossy and it did the like swishy thing. And she was like, yeah, I'm new here. But I was just like, who is this person? <laughs> Why are they so happy? But yeah, that kicked off a very long working relationship slash friend relationship and thinking back the craziest part was you told me when you walked up to my desk that you had just purchased this like body acid peel yeah one that you had written about from makeup artist choice I was too scared to use it at home you're so brave I read your article I'm like I don't know can I put this on my butt what if I burn my butt (laughs) yeah it had all the acids in it Because at the time I was buying probably really questionable bottles of random acids and pouring them all over my body because I have so much scarring from acne or whatever else that I was trying to fix because I knew we had all that stuff for our faces. But I was thinking like, all right, how can I do this everywhere else? So then fast forward, basically, what was it? We started talking about soft services in 2019. Five years came full circle. Wait, wait, wait. Can we rewind further? Oh, yes. Because I want to talk about who you are and how you came to be. Like, I always say Rebecca is the, she built like a consulting business, like flipping websites for brands that didn't know how to be online, like really chic brands. And then she became the go-to person for if you wanted a best-in-class e-com website 
Okay, wait, sorry. You tell your story. (laughs) NYU. Yes, I went to NYU. I studied computer science and economics. So I'm a total nerd, but I also loved design and I also loved more consumer industries. So I ended up not going into a hard tech and I ended up at a company called Gin Lane where we worked with brands like Reformation, Everlane, Harry's in kind of manifesting them online. And that was such an incredible opportunity. This was like early internet days when we were still Basically, the only places that people were really shopping online was Amazon or Sephora.com. And yeah, the work that I did there at Gin Lane was really this idea of like, how could we reimagine an online store that could be as good as, if not better than a physical retail store? But we had never really worked in beauty. And so when I came to Glossier, the challenge that was put in front of me was how can we make Glossier.com like our flagship in the way that at that time, if you launched a beauty brand, you would have like a flagship store. We didn't have a flagship store. We had a flagship website. And so that was a really fun, basically, challenge and opportunity to tackle. And so naturally, I gravitated towards the team at Into the Gloss and Annie, basically, who had convinced me for years to buy products, take risks on online beauty purchases, you know, obscure Korean beauty product or some weird Amazon purchase. And I was like, if they can do that through editorial, we can also do this through an e-commerce website. And so thus, we worked on Glossier.com. Yeah, because I feel like at that time, it was like, you didn't really buy beauty products online. Some people did, obviously, probably a lot of the readers here were the pioneers in beauty e-commerce. But if you think back at that time, you were really buying beauty products online if you were, like you said, convinced through editorial that had nothing to do with the shopping experience, or it was like you were rebuying something that you already knew and loved or that you tried in person. So that was really the challenge was how can we incorporate some of these things that you expect from the physical experience or that you think are better about the physical in-store experience just right on the PDP, Mm -hmm. which I also realized not everybody knows (laughs) that. I don't, I always like, in what we even now, I always try to ask what acronyms mean because there's always, there's RAPT, HRAPT, PDP, POS, SPF. No, I'm just kidding. I know that one. Yeah, AOV. AOV. COGS. 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 But they... Fun note, Rebecca, when we were starting this business, I know we're jumping around a bit in our timeline, went to, she was like, I'm going to be CEO. I need to figure out the number side. So then she enrolled in like Harvard Business School <laughs> online. What was it? Like economic finance class. Finance class. <laughs> I'm like, who does that? Okay. So that's Rebecca. <laughs> that's like the type of way that she approaches business. She's so thoughtful. And like, how can I make sure that I'm making the right decisions? So we worked on Glossier together. Mm-hmm. Did we and cover kind of all the cool stuff that we did? Well, or do you want to talk I was going to say that 2014 was after the initial onset of like personal blogs, right? So personal blogs came online. Places like Into the Gloss really flourished where there was this idea of new digital editorial. And so the thesis that investors or founders or people in e-commerce had was content meets commerce. It was this like really buzzy concept. And Glossier and Into the Gloss was the place that that was really manifested in a way that felt, I think, really customer-centric. Previously, when I had been at Jin Lane, when we were thinking about doing this work, you would take a product detail page, put a blog post at the end, like, here's a pair of shoes, here's some related blog posts, go read the blog post. Then you'll like the blog post, and then you'll come back and buy the product later. But when Annie and I worked on Glossier.com, we were just really thinking, how could we put all that information right on the page? And Annie, you know, from her experience of being an editor and being a writer, we both knew that the consumer had changed. Like the beauty consumer was someone who understood ingredients, 
wanted to know what the ingredient list was, wanted to know what ingredients would do. They cared about the packaging. They cared about the texture of the product. They wanted to see how it looked like on skin, different skin tones. And really just if you're a customer, if you're not able to see a product in person, what would your questions be? And so we just had a ton of fun. Or even in person, what are your questions? Totally. Which all that information is not always readily available, right? Totally. If you're going to look at the Unless you get the really good sales associate. Yeah. But like even as, look, I love going to Sephora, not knocking Sephora. But if you're going in there and you are an ingredient junkie and you're picking up a jar off of the display, you have to then go find the box to really read the full ingredient list to understand what's inside. And then also you have to connect to the Wi-Fi if you want to Google anything. Anyway, I feel like this is a big PR push for like <laughs> digital e <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think what's cool is today, if you go to any beauty brand's website, they have all this information. And I don't know, I think I can, we're pretty humble. So I'll just say that we should take this that like, I really believe that we pioneered that at Glossier. The idea of hero ingredients, the idea of information on product detail pages that didn't look like templates. Actually, when Glossier.com launched, we had investors email us being like, this doesn't look like Everlane. This doesn't look like Sephora. What are you guys doing? And we're like, no, 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 trust us. This is what the customer wants. But I think we can take credit for honestly moving the industry in a way that really has basically created a better consumer experience. Okay, so where are we going next? That's what we did together. That was the foundation of our friendship. Where did you go next? Oh, where did I go next? Okay. After I left Glossier, I spent about a half decade being a consultant, working with brands of all sizes to create experiences that really did what we've just been talking about, where the digital experience feels as compelling, as intoxicating, as fun as seeing a product in person. So that would be something in fashion like Kate, who's an incredible luxury brand based out of New York, to a company like BarkBox. They sell dog toys, dog food, dog dental care. Rebecca's in like an $8,000 Kate like suede outfit (laughs) making the dog toy website. (laughs) Rebecca like will do some work for trade. (laughs) Sorry if I'm giving away all your like secrets. But yeah, I get her hand-me-down so that's very nice. So if (laughs) if you ever think that we have nice clothes, it's because Rebecca knows how to put O's and ones together. No, just, that's a coder. I'm being a moron. Sorry. I'm just trying to make you laugh. <laughs> so yeah, that's like what I did. And then basically Annie was still at Glossier and Annie and I stayed friends, but we were just addicted to kind of like working together. We always say when we were in a room, it'd be like one plus one equals four. Like we would make each other's work better. So on the weekends or at drinks over tacos, I kind of show her something and be like, hey, what do you think about this? Do you think this messaging for this brand makes sense? Or like, hey, I'm having thinking this idea for the shoot and just really as a confidant, really get her opinion. And so we stayed in touch. What was also really cool is even when I wasn't at Glossier, I'd see things launch and I'd be like, hey, Annie, was this piece of copy from you? Just because like she has a, such a signature way of her brain working. But then at once Annie left, we started doing some consulting work together, worked on a number of really cool projects. One in particular was this regenerative hemp farm that is in upstate New York. But, you know, we were doing this work together and we'd be out and friends or former coworkers would be like, you guys are still friends. You guys always did such cool work together. Why don't you guys start a company? Are you guys starting a makeup company? And me and Annie would like look at each other and laugh and be like, no, like we want to do something together, but we just didn't really feel like there was something authentic for us to add to this beauty space, although we love beauty so much. Um, Yeah. And like the moment where I thought I had an idea for a cool product that didn't exist yet or whatever immediately it's like I would check Instagram the next day and there would be like five new brands doing it. I'm like, damn, like, there's no way I can keep up. So yeah, we knew we would probably be working together 
for a very long time. And I guess I thought I would be a consultant, but you were also writing your books. I was writing books. I've read a lot of the drafts. Whenever those come out, everyone will be very lucky. They're all really good. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we hang out as friends. I would do her makeup and like to get start getting really corny. I kind of realized doing all of this and also just questioning why I am so obsessed with beauty since I was so young and I think it's because you know when people are like what's your love language and they're like oh touch or what, what are gifts yeah <laughs> I'm like why would you say that your love language is anything but gifts <laughs> or like food is food one there's one that's like acts of service or I forget the categories but anyway mine is beauty product recommendation like <laughs> you know like trying to help people solve problems related to beauty or discover something that's going to make them happy in beauty because I feel like it is my area of expertise and if I'm able to quote unquote help people through that it just feels good and not so vain and it's like yes this is why I do it. You've talked about on the podcast how your mom and her relationship with beauty is like influenced you and I was actually like recalling with my family like my grandfather who is someone who's super put together and for him it was always about like respect like if you respect the people around you you're to like present yourself in the best way and so I remember being young and he was like in his 80s like he'd put eyebrow gel in so his eyebrows were dark and then my mom also like loved taking care of herself had so many makeup products when she was young and I would go in and like basically sneak into her room when she was at work put makeup on I'll put it all back she'd be like did you use my blush I'm like no you know like and she's like you put it upside down like I know I love doing makeup and hair my sister was so annoyed because I'd want to do her makeup and hair every day after school so I'd pay her a quarter every time she let me like curl her hair um, anyways but I think there is this idea of like a love language of exchanging with someone but also even when you're not doing their makeup if you put yourself together it's a way that you show love he sounds really chic I've seen photos of my grandpa's super chic yeah. yeah he has like beautiful white I don't know what the condition is called where your hair goes white really young. So he's been all white since he was 30. Whoa. And he's like stunning, tall, really great kind of like bone structure, but had this like beautiful white hair his whole life. But he always like drew in his eyebrows as dark because they like framed his face better. Yeah. We can put a photo yeah. on the slideshow. Yeah, let's do it. I'll actually post that one on Instagram. <laughs> we always say on the podcast that we're going to post stuff on Instagram in the video. Okay, okay. So that's all to say the impetus for kind of the quote-unquote light bulb moment that you pitch around to investors as your founder story is really when we were talking about you were getting married, you couldn't find a... Yeah, well, I was commiserating with Annie because I had gotten married and I like couldn't figure out how to deal with my back knee. So I had this like Pinterest board with every wedding dress ever that was not backless. I was getting married in Miami, so none of the long sleeve dresses really worked. And so I ended up with this dress that had a big cross on the back. But throughout that, I was like, how do I deal with my body acne? I tried every product under the sun. I was using this soap that came in a plastic jar that you had to like warm in hot water before you used it. The sulfur, it's so it's slimy. so disgusting. You know, I apply it on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> My husband hates it or hated it when I had it in the shower. And Annie would be like, I was like, can I try laser? And he's like, you should be just careful with laser because your skin tone, like it might have the adverse effect. And so we just started talking about that. But then so many other things came up. I'm like, I also have this fungal thing on my leg that I always thought was a birthmark. And then I realized I had the same thing on my back since I was young. And I would only notice it during the summer because it's a fungal condition. I thought it was a birthmark too. And I always, <laughs> I thought, it, <laughs> did you ever see Waterworld? Yeah. I thought it was like the girl. <laughs> The little girl in Waterworld with the map to land. <laughs> That's what it looks like. But it's what we found out is it's actually something called Tinea Versicolor, which is a fungal condition. 
Yeah. And I too, not that you're like alone in like the back knee conversation, but like probably because I'm obsessed with conditioner and never knew that it actually it's not great to like trail down your back every time you take a shower. <laughs> I always had breakouts all over my back and would get constantly just roasted for it, you know, and girls were so mean on Facebook, oh. you know, and like send me their names. I would have uh, word with them. them. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but even starting in high school, I would get these crazy Fraxel laser treatments to fix all the scarring because as soon as I would stop breaking out, you're left with all these scars and it's so painful. And like you said, it doesn't work for everyone. And then we were both realizing like we're 30 now. And this is something I thought I would not be like dealing with anymore. And it's like we've sold everything on our faces, but I would honestly just kill to be able to like put on a backless top or a dress and not think about it or like you know when you like get like a zit on your chest and you have your top that you want to wear and then you're like forget like yeah for me it's also like because my skin gets dark really fast in the sun so like if I had scarring on my back then wearing a bathing suit in the summer was like a whole thing so I can never like face my back to the sun because then it would create like a scar that would last forever but we were talking about body and we were like oh my god there's something really interesting here and then Annie you also remembered from your writing career this was like a common theme yeah my first story way back when I was working at ExoJane like the first story that really took off organically I actually didn't write it but I was the editor at the time was one about a more like quote-unquote taboo body skin issue for somebody that I think people like her were often overlooked when it came to like mainstream beauty. Obviously, especially when you're talking about digital, things that color makeup are more fun to shoot. They're more sexy to talk about and more glam. And traditionally, like beauty has always very much been about unlocking the glamour of the world or whatever. <laughs> and then, of course, like in the past 15 years, it has really shifted into this self-care, skincare, for the face type of thing. But with all that being said, that was my first big, oh, wow, this is like very interesting because all this organic traffic was dumped on the site for months and months after that article went live because people were searching for this thing. And like there wasn't even a product at the time that existed. So what it was is she was using deodorant in places where she would get chafing like in between her thighs or her legs. Mm-hmm. And now, of course, Mega Babe exists, which is like incredible. Yeah, we stand, Katie. Yeah, we stand, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just like, okay, there's obviously something here. And then along the way, every time there was these articles that really took off. And again, dumped organic traffic on the side of people just like coming in through search to get organic traffic and new readers which I'm sure a lot of you guys know, but like to get that kind of traffic is like... Well, Annie, one of your articles is one of the best performing at Into the Gloss ever. And I would always look at her in an investor meeting to kind of see if she'd be okay with me saying this because it was about her doing her own bikini wax. And so with some of... Yeah, everybody <laughs> likes to bring that up in like professional situations. I'm sorry. We can edit this <laughs> out. <laughs> we can leave but I'd like look at her face because we'd be pitching various investors, male and female. And sometimes it just wouldn't feel right for me to say that out loud. So I just gloss over that detail. But then when I was like, you know what, I think they get it. So I'd kind of say, so yeah. she wrote this article. Yeah. And so it was all these articles like that. And then in the comment sections, people would always be like, thank God, like finally, they would also be like trading hacks for things because that's a lot of what we are targeting with soft services is basically let's figure out what are all of these things that people are clearly looking for in droves. We're talking like millions of people. And a major part of why we felt good about doing soft services and these products in particular and these like targeted body care treatments is because people are already saying I want these things it's not like we're not in the business of saying like hey we're trying to convince you that you have a problem that you didn't already think that you have over 16 million people a year search in the U.S. about keratosis pilaris we talk a lot about community 
Um, and people have asked us, are you building a community around these people who have these body skin issues? And for us, it's like, no. But what's exciting is that these communities already exist. There are pockets of people on Reddit, on Instagram, on TikTok, Twitter, on Facebook groups who already have these problems. They are self-identifying. And right now, their searches for relief go nowhere. Um, so we hope that their searches lead to soft services. But for us, that's a really good way for us to test. It's like a bullshit filter for ourselves. Are we making a product for a problem that doesn't exist? No. If we can find existing online communities that are charged up enough to gather anonymously, basically, then like there is a real need for a solution. And so that is kind of the impetus for why we are here today or why we were here on Tuesday launching this company. Yeah. You know, we had just come off this consulting project with this regenerative hemp farm. We were really conscious about not creating redundancy or creating more waste. How could we be sustainable beings, basically, both as consumers, but also as creators? So the idea of creating a company that could actually create products that didn't exist, that actually solved a problem, was just for us what we were looking for. We couldn't create a company that was just doing more of the same. And so when we stumbled on this idea of body, the problems that we had, the problems that our friends had, the problems that Annie knew through search and her time as an editor were things that people did not have any solutions for. It was just this like perfect moment where we felt like, oh, my God, this is our next thing. And funnily enough, we both actually turned 30 the year that we started working on soft services. We're, you know, what is that, like a quarter life crisis or? You were going to live to 120. No, I was going to say, what's the term for a third life crisis? Wait, I touch. We'll look this up. We'll look this up. But anyways, I think we both were in this moment of like we've had a ton of amazing professional experience. And we're super excited to figure out what we really want to dig into next. And we want it to be meaningful. And when soft services and this opportunity came about and the opportunity came up for us to work together, there was a moment we were just like, it was almost like meet me on the bridge. I had a conversation with Annie. I was like, I think I'm going to like quit consulting. I, you know, at that time had already decided to step away from off hours, which my husband now runs. And I was like, if you're going to meet me on the bridge, if you're going to like put your books on pause, you know. Yeah, that was really hard to do, honestly. <laughs> the books are really I good. Was, I was a very successful unread writer. The potential is there. All 75,000 words <laughs> across four different writing projects. <laughs> that are all different genres. But basically, I was like, Annie, if you want to do this, I will do this with you. Let's dedicate the next 10 years of our lives to doing something that really means something to us. I was so excited to finally have found something like in beauty that I could feel really good about. Mm -hmm. And it took so long to get there because I feel like not to reminisce too much, but I was so proud of what we had done at Glossier. And I felt like mm -hmm. that was like so me and felt like so much of my DNA was like put into that. And I was like, there's no way I can like top it. Top it. Yeah, exactly. Like, let's find what else I, I want to do with my life. But then, yeah, when we kind of sat down and we're like, wait, should we be doing this? It was just really obvious and felt really good. And it really felt like we could solve problems for these people that were obviously looking and, and recreate that moment of when you're able to recommend a beauty product or teach somebody about something with, I don't know, like a makeup trick or like something with their hair. And they feel so like grateful and it really unlocks something for them. It just, if we can do that with soft services then this is like definitely what we want to be doing. But yeah, I feel like the big question mark that we were getting, well, we realized we need to raise money for this, which honestly was horrifying to do during COVID. But the big question that we were getting is these issues, there must be a reason that brands aren't doing this. Either people aren't looking or we're like, no, you can see people are looking. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, well, you can't properly market it because nobody wants to talk about these things. And beauty brands are all about creating communities and like sharing stuff online and da 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 and they're like, how are you going to overcome these taboos and talk about these like gross things 
But we saw in facial skincare, you know, you think, again, back 15 years ago, the only people really talking about acne that were kind of treading into, like, the adult acne space, which it was almost this myth that you don't get acne anymore after you turn, like, 22 or something, were brands like Proactive or really, like, hyperclinical, meaning branded brands that almost, like, were borrowing design language from prescription packaging to kind of make you think that the formulas inside were, like, super legit. But part of our strategy behind soft services and why we didn't name it like Dr. Joe's serious skincare line is because we recognize that, first of all, most of these conditions are very easily treatable at home. You don't need to go to a dermatologist. And in fact, both of us have gone to dermatologists our whole lives for these things. Like, hey, like help with my KP. Why am I getting these bumps everywhere? What about these stretch marks? Can you laser them? And like every time I'd be like turned away because it's not like a medical issue. Yeah. They were just like, oh, rub Amlactin on it. Mm-hmm. And I go and I buy the Amlactin. The Amlactin is, you know, Icky. God love it, but it is <laughs> not the most attractive bottle. Meanwhile, I'm buying beautifully designed facial serums also with lactic acid in them that are going to like do things for me. And also like the adult acne conversation at the same time was being like blown out of the water and turned into like a fun kind of project to tackle very publicly by the way you have like really beautiful girls putting multicolored stars all over their face and talking about their like juicy zits on Instagram that would have been unheard of even just like 10 years ago so I feel like people are ready even it's so crazy to think like the brand launched on Tuesday and the reception of people very openly in the comments and editors and stuff being like oh god I have the worst KP and like now we don't have to wear masks anymore and it's so hot I was like what am I gonna do and thank god finally people were so ready for that but we really focused on the design of the products being something that was like beautiful to incorporate into the rest of your beauty product lineup because we didn't want it to feel like this shameful thing that you have to tackle with something that's prescription or something that looks like jock itch cream or Mm -hmm. jock itch cream straight Mm -hmm. up because that's actually (laughs) good antifungal. Yeah. Yeah. And also these are problems that are exacerbated by our modern lifestyles. Like we're active, we're wearing synthetic fabrics to brunch, we're sitting around, which is causing body acne or bumps on our backsides. We are in the sun way more. We're traveling or we were traveling, we will be traveling. And so all the elements basically are like of living like a very glamorous, quote unquote, aspirational life by all marketing (laughs) measures, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we were talking about this, even cultural trends, like showing more skin, not only for women, obviously, we're wearing more crop tops and there's a dress that has everywhere. But even men, you think about men used to only basically go to the office in slacks and a button down shirt. Now men can like wear gasp t-shirts, maybe even a tank top to work. And so there's just so much skin, more skin being shown on the body that is also being exposed to things that might irritate the skin. You know, we talked about pollutants for the face. That's like the body is just being, you know, there's just way more exposure. And so we're really excited to come as a complement to the existing body care routines that people have around hygiene, moisturization, and hair removal, but then bring in a set of targeted treatments to really help with problems that people are facing in the same way we do that for our face. You have your cleanser, you have your lotion, and then I have my like hyperpigmentation, scarring treatments and my like anti-aging retinol. Like these are all the things that I... Or these are like once a week peel. Exactly. Yeah. And what I'd use like around my period because I know that my hormones are out of whack or what I'll do once I've eaten a burrata at dinner because I know my skin doesn't like dairy. It's like, you know, this complexity and the sophistication of how we take care of our faces. We're super excited to bring that same set of consumer choices to the body. So from the moment of us meeting on the bridge and deciding to do soft services, to launch was and to still... be clear, we didn't actually meet on a bridge. <laughs> People are going to call bullshit on that. Okay. It was like 
basically we were, like where were we were outside we, we were, were on at, a blanket at your house. yeah we were at my house upstate <laughs> and i was basically like let me know if you want to do this and left the blanket <laughs> and then like i feel like later when i saw you again you're like fuck yeah let's do it came over like away from david and chino your dog and you were like look I'm ready to leave all this behind. <laughs> no, I love David. I love Chino. <laughs> but then a year and a half went by before we launched. I think the first thing we really did was work on the products. And Annie, I don't know if people really know this, but like Annie worked on product development at Glossier. Yeah, it's cool because I don't really, I don't know, it never comes up in conversation really. And I don't get to talk about it. But it was one of my favorite things about working there was coming up with product ideas, working on the formulas testing different submissions, giving feedback to the labs, working on the briefs. Like this is all stuff I really like got to learn how to do while I was there. And then being able to take, we dedicated what, like a year before we really finalized our brief to start sending to the different labs. We have labs that we work with all around the world because different labs are good at different things. There is a way to develop a brand, do products where you can make a lot of things with just one lab and you can work with like a base formula and add things to it, like a fragrance or maybe like a ingredient that you're really excited about or whatever. But we wanted to build all the formulas from the ground up. And so we took a really long time to look into like studies, start feeling good about what ingredients we wanted to focus in on, what felt safe, especially for the first products that we really wanted to like have more mass appeal. And then down the line, we're going to go into like even more niche body skin concerns, but really feel good about the types of ingredients that we were going to include and at what levels it would be effective for body, but also safe. Very inspired by Paula. Paula, she has her. Do you think Paula would work for us ever? No. She sold her company, right? No. <laughs> she wants to like <laughs> drive her Honda and like never look back. <laughs> but yeah, no, she's been incredible. I think, I mean, obviously she's the OG when we were doing that episode and she was talking about her whole like trajectory. It was just like, wait, this is exactly what I've been doing for the past, almost my whole career and then definitely up until now. But yeah, we took a lot of time to like validate all of our assumptions around what is going to help solve these issues. We went super deep on Reddit. Shout out to everyone on Reddit that's been posting about their strawberry skin and their legs <laughs> for the past, like, you know, two years. We see you. <laughs> We're here. Yeah. And then once we put the briefs together, you know, we basically started identifying key manufacturers that we knew made really incredible face products. So largely their clients would be like more dermatological type brands. And we were like, we know you make products that deliver results on the face. Now let's do that in body. And honestly, they were surprised at first. They're like, but don't you just want a body lotion with a little bit of a scent in it? And we're like, so no. many submissions with scents. Yeah, yeah. All of our products are fragrance-free. Why are they fragrance-free, Annie? Because I didn't want to deal with people asking why we didn't make them fragrance-free. <laughs> <laughs> no, but because, like, you know, a lot of people that are dealing with some of these issues, like, just have sensitive skin. Yeah. And so fragrance is known as a thing that can exacerbate that. Also, Especially your body is such a bigger surface area. There's way more chances of you reacting to something than like your face which is much smaller yeah and that goes into it too it's like we had to be really thoughtful around how we're building these formulas because as soon as you find a moisturizer or an ingredient that you're really excited about that does a great job and you start using it it could actually exacerbate a different issue you know we are obsessed with simple skincare science we learned so much from fc and like use his website as like a huge resource in figuring out what things can actually exacerbate different types of acne different fungal issues how can we avoid those ingredients and then like these labs basically we were like we want you to take the same craft and expertise that you bring to face and spend that same time in the body so that was kind of like you were saying we didn't go to a lab and just take a formula off the shelf and kind of customize it because there wasn't really anything for us to customize we we're really building these things from the ground 
ground up. They're also not just phase products sized up because, again, the body can withstand different levels of ingredients. So it was just like this really fun kind of collaboration with these labs where they're like, we know how to do face. We're like, okay, let's apply that to the body. And they were like, okay, this is a whole new playground. How do we apply what we know from one area and make something new and innovative? Yeah. And after working with Hudson Hemp and being so... Not that we're the only ones that care about the environment. Clearly, there's a lot of brands doing really innovative stuff. But that had to be a huge question around what's the format? How do you apply this? I won't say the brand name because I don't want to feel like I'm knocking them. But there's a brand that came out with body exfoliating sheets that are really incredible. But, you know, they're individually packed. So we were like, okay, if we're going to do a chemical exfoliant, what kind of format will be the most efficacious, but also not create unnecessary waste? So that's how we ended up with like a gelled chemical exfoliant that you like put on underneath your favorite lotion, which is another reason that we made these fragrance free because it's like if you already have a favorite body lotion that you love and it smells incredible and you basically wear it as your fragrance for the day, which I sometimes do. I don't want to interfere with that. We want to make these products really easy to incorporate into your routine and not have you feel like you're making trade-offs just to like solve your body acne or not have KP. And the products are amazing. I feel like we've spent so much time talking about how we got here, but we haven't even talked about the product. <laughs> so shall we get into everyone's favorite segment, product of the week? Yeah. Okay, so we have three, so we should go through quickly. Although I guess normally we have two on this podcast, so one more, right? Okay, so if we are going to go in order of operations, if you're going to really like have a full go at exfoliating your body, which by the way, that is the focus of the first three products, Keratosis Polaris being our biggest concern that we are tackling here, but also just we all have rough elbows, knees, heels, Ingrown hairs everywhere. I get them, especially on my legs. Discoloration. Also, like our chemical exfoliant is pretty good at post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, helping to calm that down. But anyway, so let's start with the buffing bar first. You use this in the shower. It's basically a condensed body scrub in the form of a bar or a brick blue. You get two to a set for $28. And it feels like basically what I would imagine like microdermabrasion crystals, like sanding crystals, like really smush together as tightly as possible because all the granules are the same size. So you're not getting that weird scratchiness that you get with maybe like other body scrubs that have different sides, like chunks. And a salt scrub. Yeah. And I really love the bar because it's like you can be really targeted. You can either use the flat side to exfoliate like bigger parts of your body, like your legs, your thighs, your butt, the backs of your arms, or you can use like one of the skinnier sides around your Line. <laughs> um, the product's great for KP, but also like if you're doing self-tanning, it's a great prep. A friend of mine who runs outside, wears like heavy sunscreen, has said that he loves using the bar to really like scrub off that like SPF grime. Yeah, he's also the one that says it's like a magic eraser for your body, which is actually pretty true. And it's pretty intense in the same way that a magic eraser can be. If you press too hard, it'll take off your wall paint. I think <laughs> I'm always telling people that this is like, well, first of all, it is moderate to intense physical exfoliation, but also you're in charge, buddy. Like you control the power. So just don't press as hard, which was my big learning curve when I started getting the samples. And I was like, wow, this is like very <laughs> intense. And then I was like, oh, wait, I just don't have to like press it on my body. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I'm still getting a really good exfoliation. My favorite treatment is to have a bath and then at the end of the bath, go in and like scrub my legs and my limbs and then get up and shower and my skin is it's really so good. smooth. Fragrance free. Again, of course, this does not have microbeads or plastics in it. It's magnesium oxide and alumina are the little like grits in the bar and they're fine for your drains. They're fine for the environment. And yeah, that is our little and buffing bar. Then you get out of the shower. Then you get out of the shower. So we have our smoothing solution, which 
if we have the best physical exfoliant and the buffing bar, this was like the best chemical exfoliant for your body. So I was like, you know, I'm obsessed with the Polish Choice 2% BHA. What is the body version of that? Instead of focusing on sal acid, we felt really good about a 10% lactic acid in terms of being intense enough for body concerns, body exfoliation, but at this level being pretty safe for across different skin tones and not too intense to cause like a ton of sensitivities. I actually, because it has so many like calming ingredients like centella, aloe, what else do we have in here? Arnica. Arnica. I basically give myself razor burn every time I shave. I don't know what my problem is <laughs> unless I use like a new razor every time, which I can't bring myself to do. There was a point in my life where I had to because I didn't have I had such bad KP on my legs. Mm -hmm. Now it's not as much of a problem, obviously, but because it has all those calming ingredients in it, I use it after every time I shave and it like immediately calms down anything, any like burning sensation. So it's kind of like a weird little product hack. One of the men in our product testing group uses it on his neck, the buffing bar and the smoothing solution to help get a really close shave. And he's like, I used to get the worst ingrowns on my neck and now my neck is completely smooth. I wasn't realizing we made like an aftershave job. <laughs> Apparently we did. Although it doesn't have alcohol in it. It's in like a glycerin base. It has urea. We're obsessed with urea. But yeah, you put this on. You, it's a leave-on chemical exfoliant. You get out of the shower, dry your skin off, and then this goes on. Under you need just like a pea size. A little goes a long way. I mean, yeah. depending on how much you're – if you're covering your whole body, you'll need more than a pea. But definitely start with a little and then add more. And yeah, you can put on your favorite body lotion if you have one over top or you follow with – area cream which mm -hmm. brings us to our next product oh did i say it's 34 dollars for five ounces a lot of product it is a lot of product then we have carrier cream so carrier cream we weren't even going to make a body lotion because we felt like there were so many great options but our product development associate introduced urea into our world she ordered all these like really huge jugs of korean urea toner for your face and we were just like splashing them all over ourselves after <laughs> like showers and like in the office and that summer we just had the most incredible skin and it's really great. What's the deal with urea? Why aren't people really talking about it? And come to find out, it's probably no surprise based on the phonetics here, but it is derived from, or it was derived from urine. Yeah. Actually, fun fact, the synthesis of urea from inorganic compounds was a major breakthrough in organic chemistry because they used to think that you can't make something like urea, which is normally only found in living things through non-living mm. things. And so they did that with urea. And now here we are today rubbing non-urine urea all over ourselves. Yeah. I had used urea products for like really dry, cracked heels, but those products were always really thick, hilly, or greasy. And so for us, we were really excited to make like this almost like sleeping pack textured gel body moisturizer that had all these incredible ingredients. And for us, what's been super exciting is we've gotten so much feedback from women saying that their husbands are stealing the carrier. Oh, yeah. Obviously, we don't want these products to be specific to any gender. So, yeah, I wanted to challenge us to, like, find a texture that, A, worked for summer, B, would be something that even guys would wear because like, guys just, like, hate putting stuff yeah. on their bodies if it's not, like, in a spray deodorant or roll-on. I feel like I'm always seeing guys, like, roll-on. <laughs> they love a rolly deodorant. Anyway, but it also has squalane, 3%, 1.5% colloidal oatmeal. We really wanted this to be, like, very gentle but effective and, like, oh, I didn't even say the reason that we love urea. We just said, like, it makes you really oh. soft, but it does two things in one. It moisturizes, but it also helps loosen up the keratin buildup, which actually causes KP. Mm -hmm. So KP is excess keratin that's making these little mounds on your skin. So that's mm -hmm. why you can't pop KP, but they are really annoying. It's 
$40 for 11 ounces. It comes with a pump, but we ask you to keep the pump. It's a reusable component. And if you buy the refill, it's $39. And you can also buy all three products on the website. It's called the Smoothing Set for $102. I think the coolest thing that you did with the website, Rebecca, was there's a feature that if you go onto the site, where is it exactly? On your phone. Oh, it's on your phone. Okay, so you have to use your phone. But if you go to the website, softservices.co, forget the M, we don't need it. You go to the product detail page, and if you scroll down, there's this little visual of what the product packaging looks like. And if you click it on your phone, there's this feature that shows you what the actual size of the product looks like. Like to scale. Yeah, to scale. So you can see that the carrot cream is about actually the size of my iPhone 10. Like, you'll see the products basically running off the screen. The smoothing solution is definitely taller than an iPhone screen. But it gives you a sense of how big the products are. But Yeah, you click actual size. I'm like holding the carrier cream on my iPhone. That's wild. I mean, a question Annie and I were debating is like, do we discount the set? Like it's so close to $100 and we make it 100 But honestly, for us, it's important that people only buy the products that they need. So we don't want you to buy the set if it's because you're saving $2. Or 20%. Yeah. Well, yeah. first of all, we didn't think it was exciting enough to knock $2 <laughs> off. So we didn't like... And the product's already really well priced. We can't go down anymore. But yeah, so it's like you should buy the products that you need if you have a body lotion that you already love. You should just buy the smoothing solution and the buffing bar. If you don't need that much exfoliation, you don't need the buffing bar, you know. Yeah, if you have super sensitive skin and you're looking for like super, super, super slow and steady, gentle exfoliation, moisturizer, like the carrier cream, I think is going to be really, really, yeah. really good. And then I would probably use the smoothing solution as a spot treatment. I get ingrows on my knees and my husband has the worst dry elbow. So I would just be like, okay, dot it on. I mean, I use all three, obviously. I'm glad that you I'm glad that you use all three. <laughs> do you want to help me do the sign off? Sure. Okay, so that is it for this week's episode of Eyewitness Beauty special episode. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at Eyewitness Beauty or you can write to us at hi at eyewitnessbeauty.com. Eyewitness Beauty is produced just or do you want to take any of this, Rebecca? Oh, Eyewitness Beauty is produced by the ever-charming and talented Jessamine Molly of Seaplane Armada. Our art is by Simon Abronowitz, and our theme music is by Danny Prezant. You can say, we'll be back next week. Annie and Nick will be back next week. With another brand new episode. Yeah, thank you for coming <laughs> that. You're welcome back anytime, Rebecca. Great. Let's just do a sign-off. Can do a sign-off. What do they usually say? Like, take care? Yeah, take care. Take care. Take care.